Chapter Two, Part Four of Commentary on the Gospel of John, Book Ten, by Cyril of Alexandria, translated by Reverend Thomas Randall. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Eleven. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy may abide in you, and that your joy may be fulfilled when after introducing to us the parable of the vine he went on to teach us that the branch which is separated and sundered as it were from the mother who nourishes it will be wholly useless and doomed to be consumed by fire he thereby terrified his disciples not a little for awful tidings even though they have no reference to the present are likely to cause no little harm to their hearers especially when the obscurity of the future engenders the suspicion that what they hear may come to pass just as the voyager who is about to cross the sea before him when it seems probable that a storm will actually arise and the billows rage and the wild waves lash themselves in a fury even though he do not see these things before his eyes and they stand yet merely in expectation and that perhaps baseless fears them as though they were in his sight he then fitly raises up anew his disciples trembling and struck with terror at these dreadful tidings and stupefied by the thought of future trials to a sustained courage and leaving his sad discourse speaks to them of their joy of heart in god for it is not he says o my disciples for this cause that i have now spoken these words unto you to rob your minds of courage or to inspire in you a vague terror nor that you should be found altogether broken down by the thought of evil to come and unable to endure to secure your own blessedness but that you might be quite otherwise affected and have pleasure of heart in me and that my joy should abide in you and i think we ought to consider more attentively what the sense of this passage is and what christ wishes us to take as his meaning we must take it then as having a twofold meaning for either one may say the words that you may have joy concerning me or in me as used in an argument which bears no meaning but the obvious one for so ye yourselves may make your own power complete reflecting on the reward of blessings which exceed all things earthly and the return that your exertions will win and the greatness of your glory with god or considering it in another sense we will not shrink from entering upon a more profound inquiry for we ought most eagerly and keenly to hunt in all reverence for the aim of all these investigations what do then the words that my joy may be in you signify do they mean that the only begotten is as we are that is a man only without sin resolved to undergo all the sufferings which the accursed madness of the jews compelled him to experience for we shall find him insulted and persecuted and buffeted with bitter reproaches and spat upon and beaten with rods and not exempt from the insult of the scourge and last of all to crown all this nailed to the cross through our means and for our sakes and in the presence of all this awful suffering he was not bowed down in agony and did not even shrink from the ignominy of suffering as his plan required 
but was full of the pleasure of heart and joy which became him since he saw the multitude of those who were saved and the will of god the father fulfilled for this cause he accounted dishonour joy and thought suffering pleasure for when they dared against him many things repugnant to his nature we shall find it written that jesus then rejoiced in the spirit and said i thank thee o father lord of heaven and earth that thou didst hide these things from the wise and understanding and didst reveal them unto babes yea father for so it was well pleasing in thy sight note that when he saw wisdom given to babes and simple folk he rejoiced and exulted by the spirit and offered up thanks as in our behalf to the father who saves us but when he passed through the land of the samaritans and was wearied with his journey as it is written he sat by the well of jacob but when the woman represented to him the need of drawing water he told her what was likely to come to pass and foretold that a multitude of samaritans would come and seemed to make of small account the necessities of life for what did he say to his disciples when they counselled him to partake of what they had to eat my meat is to do the will of my father and to accomplish his work is it not thereby clear that he accounted the fulfilling of his father's will that is providing a refuge and salvation for the backsliders as pleasure and joy it is beyond doubt all this then he says i have spoken unto you that my joy may be in you that those things may give you encouragement that give encouragement to me that you may face perils bravely girding yourselves with the hope of those who will be saved and if suffering come upon you in this work that ye may not be brought low into the feebleness of apathy but may joy more abundantly when the pleasure of him that willeth that all men should be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth is fulfilled by you for i too rejoiced at this and thought my sufferings very sweet when then he says you elect to have this joy which i thought became myself then you will have it perfect and complete for we think that joy most full and complete which is in god and through god and results from good works through the fixity and stability of the hope and because it arose from a proper source not only we but also jesus himself took pleasure in it and we say that the joy which is of the world is incomplete because it is clearly transient and excited by unworthy causes earthly things which flit away like phantoms and shadows just as we say that hatred is perfect which has a just and righteous origin amongst us just as of course the blessed david says about the opponents of the glory of god i hated them with a perfect hatred and perfect love that which prepares those who have chosen it in god and through god to offer themselves wholly unto god not that which is fixed on any earthly objects and things worthy of no account twelve thirteen this is my commandment 
that ye love one another even as i have loved you greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends he now makes clearer by the illustration here given the meaning of the preceding passage that is the necessity of his disciples having his joy in them and clearly says i give you this injunction and teach those who think they ought to follow me to do this and be thus minded to practice such manner of love towards one another as i have heretofore shown and fulfilled how great a measure can a man then find to the love of christ he himself shows when he says that nothing can be greater than such love which excites to forsake life itself for those one loves and by all this he not only exhorts his own disciples that it becomes them so little to shrink from fearing to encounter dangers for those they love but that also he himself without shrinking held himself in utmost readiness to undergo the death of the flesh for the power of our saviour's love attained so great a measure and these words were borne out by his action and by his encouragement to his disciples to attain an exceeding great and extraordinary courage and by his exhorting them to the perfection of brotherly love and fencing their hearts with the armour of enthusiasm and love of god and raising them up into a zeal invincible and undaunted so as impetuously to hasten to establish everything according to his good pleasure such a man paul showed himself to us when he said for to me to live is christ and to die is gain and again for the love of christ constraineth us because we thus judge that one died for all therefore all died and besides who shall separate us from the love of christ shall tribulation or anguish or famine or nakedness or peril or sword note how he promises that nothing shall be able to overcome it or prevail to cut us off from the love of christ but if tending the flocks and feeding the lambs of christ be to love him is it not quite clear that he who preaches the word of salvation to those who know not god will prevail over death persecution and the sword and will think distress of no account at all and if it be fitting to condense the meaning and to compress the words of our saviour and to express in a few words what he wishes his disciples to do he bid them to keep their hearts undaunted and free from every fear and minister the word of faith in him and to preach the gospel to all who are in the world and the self-same command he gives by the word of the prophet isaiah o zion that bringest good tidings get thee up into the high mountain o jerusalem that bringest good tidings lift up thy voice with strength be strong fear not and we shall find that the holy disciples themselves have power to do this aright when they ask of god by earnest prayer for on one occasion accusing the madness of the jews they exclaimed and now lord look upon their threatenings and grant unto thy servants to speak thy word with boldness 
for those who resist and impiously rail against such as openly minister the gospel are very many but even if the terror be keen and the waves of evil counsel rise up most dreadfully there will be no mention of suffering among his true disciples until the righteous acts that proceed from love attain their end such love i mean as our saviour set forth to us as a pattern who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame in order that he might accomplish salvation for those who have sinned and if he had not been willing to suffer for us we should still be dead servants of the devil fools and blind and remaining in need of everything good and slaves of pleasure and sin having no hope and without god in the world but now the saviour has even given his life for us from the love that he has unto us and exhibiting an incomparable love of mankind has made us enviable and thrice blessed in want of no manner of thing that is good the meaning then of the text as thus conceived will fit in with the inspired chapters of the disciples and if the saying shall go forth to all the world that is this is my commandment that ye love one another even as i have loved you much profit will result to all from the investigation for if love towards brethren keeps and works the fulfilment of the whole command of our saviour how will not he who tries as far as possible to accomplish this without laying himself open to censure and blame be very worthy of admiration since the sum of all the virtues so to speak is stored up in it for love towards one another is next to love to god and all the power of righteousness towards god is concluded as in this one word namely thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself fourteen fifteen ye are my friends if ye do the things which i command you no longer do i call you servants for the servant knoweth not what his lord doeth but i have called you friends for all things that i heard from my father i have made known unto you in contrast to the terrors which will sometimes assail those inclined towards obedience and love of virtue he has set the gain of their love towards him in order that by the consolations ensuing from this and by their aiming at what is greater that which is burdensome may disappear and that which sometimes seems to cause pain sink into insignificance sweet is their labour to those who love god since indeed theirs is a near and rich reward who then could conceive anything greater and what will he say is more glorious than to be and be called the friend of christ for see how the reward surpasses the very limits of the nature of man for all things are subject unto him that made them according to the saying of the psalmist and there is i suppose nothing in creation which has not been subjected to the yoke of slavery in accordance with the decree becoming the creator and his work for the work produced is not on an equality with its producer and how could it be but god who is over all 
will hold sway over and direct his own works the universe then being under the yoke of subjection and putting itself under servitude to god the lord leads up his holy ones to a supernatural glory if they appear willing to work his will and bring to him as an offering that is due a blameless subjection their reward then is glorious and worthy of envy but we must consider this point especially at this juncture for it will be of no small profit for if friendship towards christ will be sufficient in the case of any for the dignity of freedom and the being no longer called slaves how could he be a slave except as made and created according to the thoughtlessness of some for he is not able to allot the honour of freedom to all others while his own nature is bereft of this attribute for i suppose he must appear in possession of it more than all the rest for then will he most suitably give to those who have it not the blessing that is his own but the dignity must be conferred on and given to the holy apostles or perhaps also to all others who mount up through faith to the friendship that is towards our lord jesus christ as by way of honour but not existing in like manner with that enjoyed by him for they mounting up by their likeness to him to the glory of liberty would display by this that which naturally belongs to him alone for that which is by position is compared with that which is by nature this however we must demonstrate for i think that it is necessary to go through every inquiry which is useful and particularly necessitates explanation for the justice which is derived from faith in christ has a more ancient manifestation than that justice which is according to the law and further because the knowledge of the divine mysteries is revealed to those that believe and obey christ and the counsel of god the father is interpreted by him who knows that of the son but to those who are disobedient not at all come then let us again illustrate this by the inspired scripture dwelling somewhat at length upon it to advantage it has then been written in the book of moses that abraham believed in god but his faith was accounted unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of god and what was the manner of his faith or how then was he called the friend of god he heard the words get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred unto a land that i will show thee moreover when he was enjoined to sacrifice his only son as a type of christ he learnt the purpose hidden in god and for this reason the saviour spoke concerning him to the impious jews saying your father abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad therefore the inspired abraham owing to obedience and sacrifice was called the friend of god and put on himself the boast of righteousness and not only this but he was deemed worthy of divine converse and knew the counsel of god which came to pass in the last times for in the fulness of time christ died for us the true sacred and holy sacrifice which taketh away the sin of the world 
but see again a like fulfillment in the case of those who mount up by faith to the friendship of our saviour christ they also heard the words get thee out of thy country and that they did it eagerly we may learn from what they say for we have not here an abiding city but we seek after the city which is to come whose builder and maker is god for they are strangers and sojourners upon earth being citizens of heaven and leaving the land of their birth to speak allegorically of their heavenward aspirations desiring eagerly the resting-place above for this the saviour set before them when he said i go and will prepare a place for you and when i come i will receive you with myself that where i am there ye may be also they were told to go forth from their kindred and how shall we know this we will refer to christ's own words he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me and that the things of god were preferred to their earthly and fleshly relationship and their love towards christ set forth as far stronger is certainly unquestioned among those who reverence him and the blessed abraham was ordered to bring to god his own son for an odour of a sweet-smelling savour while others girding themselves with the righteousness that is by faith were commanded to offer not others but themselves for he says present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable to god which is your reasonable service since it has been written concerning them they that are of christ jesus have crucified the flesh with the passions and the lust thereof they knew the mystery that is in christ for they know the powers of the age to come and what will be in the last days for they will receive the rewards of their labours and take as requital the recompense of their piety towards christ therefore we shall become just and the friends of god as did abraham and the gospel dispensation is far more ancient than that of the law i mean by the gospel dispensation that which is by faith and friendship towards god then moulded first in abraham as in the beginning of his race according to the flesh that is of israel but now coming as from a type to truth and being well fulfilled in the holy disciples themselves as in the beginning of a spiritual race preserved as a people for god's own possession which also is called a holy nation and a royal priesthood therefore it has been said to the mother of the jews i mean the synagogue by the voice of the psalmist instead of fathers thy sons have been born for the inspired disciples are truly sons of the synagogue of the jews for they were nourished up in the mosaic usages they became fathers holding the position of abraham and were the beginning of the spiritual race and for this reason were ordained as rulers offering up as a sacrifice the gospel of christ in all the world as did abraham isaac is a type of christ we thus speak not depriving the blessed abraham of the glory which is his due and befits him but showing in him as in a figure what has been appointed in the last days by christ 
the reward of friendship with god which was then seen in abraham first is intimately joined with the freedom which comes by faith and now also it is seen in the holy disciples as the first fruits of a new generation let then the inspired paul point out to us the necessity of thus speaking vehemently contending with the jews that the righteousness that is of faith is far older than that of the law for when he made mention of the circumcision according to the flesh he affirmed that this was given to the first fruits of the race that is abraham for no other reason save his becoming the sign and seal of the faith which he had while he was in uncircumcision but if uncircumcision with which also is faith was before the law but circumcision which has not the glory of faith after the law and abraham believed in uncircumcision how will not the justice through faith of those who are justified and freed through love towards god as was abraham be more ancient than the dispensation by the law for thus also he will be father of many nations by promise not according to the flesh and these things have we now pertinently said on account of our lord's word no longer do i call you servants ye are my friends for all things that i heard from my father i have made known unto you End of chapter 2 part 4